0: Hello, my love, and welcome to This Messy, Beautiful Life, the podcast. My name is Erin, and I am so, so happy to have you here. I'm a coach and mindset mentor, a recovering overthinker, an imperfect human on a journey of growth, joy, and healing, and I'm inviting you along for the ride. This podcast will explore concepts of self-development, spirituality, and harnessing our brain-body-soul connection for powerful growth and healing. It's my intention to use this space to change the narrative that says, if you are healing, you are broken because it's just simply not true. The way I see it is that growth and healing is at the heart of us continuing to rise and evolve as humans. So if you are someone on a journey of personal growth and healing, whether it be right at the beginning or currently leveling up and really living the fact that the inner work is never truly done, then you're in the right place. And so, my love, let's learn, grow, share and raise our consciousness together through the power of vulnerability and storytelling. I'm so ready for this and I hope you are too. So let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to This Messy, Beautiful Life, the podcast. I'm here today with another wonderful guest who is going to share her story about all things healing, her own journey, and we're going to specifically dive into some information about Akashic Records, which I'm so excited to learn more about. So introducing to you the beautiful Sophie Watson. Hello, Sophie. Hi, thanks for having me, Erin. It's lovely to be here. Oh, such a pleasure to have you! So you are—you have been guiding corporate and entrepreneurial women from around the world to create a life they love since 2014, which I love because you're obviously way ahead of this curve that we're now all on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but please tell us a little bit more about that. How you do
1: that? Um, yeah, tell us more. So um, basically, I, I help women to pinpoint where they need to make changes help them understand who they truly are as a soul and then I can support them to create a life that they love um but what makes me different from most other coaches is that I'm an empath which means that I physically feel other people's emotions their energetic blocks and physical pain and it's as if it was my own so I can then get to the root of actually what's really going on with that person really quickly um, but I also communicate with spirit. So mm. spirit gives me dates and ages and all kinds of information as to when maybe a particular block occurred within that, that individual that they're maybe not aware of. So it's about pinpointing it, helping them change their own behavior, heal those emotional wounds that they've got. And then they can learn to move forward and, and really create something intentionally that they love.
0: Mm, Beautiful. I love what's not to love about that.
1: (laughs) I love my job.
0: (laughs) I love it. And you can tell, you can always tell when someone loves their job. And particularly, you know, uh, people can't necessarily see this if they're listening on the podcast. But as you were talking about that, your whole kind of face lights up. Um, and you can kind of see your energy lift so that's beautiful so tell us a little bit more then about your messy beautiful life and what led you to that do you have a background in corporate have you always been so connected to spirit or is that something you've come back to I'd love to know more about that juicy stuff
1: yeah so a quite long story but um... go for it I've got, <laughs> I've
0: got a long time but I
1: have a- feeling that I was quite connected to the spirit, especially when I was little. Mm. Because um there's photos of me when we used to live in the flat and apparently I would never leave the flat unless I was wearing an Indian headdress.
0: Oh my gosh, I love it.
1: And my mum had to make me one because we had parrots. So their feathers when they fell out she used to make me Indian headdresses. Um and that was really unusual because like living in England um my family background my mum's family were from South Africa my dad family were English so it's like there, there was no real connection Obvious to
0: connection yeah. yeah
1: so that that was the, like the thing that I keep going back to mm. now um and knowing what I know now is that I do have a Native American Indian guide and I had a past life as a Native American Indian. Mm. So it's, it's interesting. And can so that, I say,
0: that... bless your mum for honouring that for you.
1: Yeah. I but, love that. So the next thing was my mum, she used to go and see clairvoyance mediums. Mm-hmm. And when I was about 15, she came home and she'd bought me tarot cards and crystals. Now, she never bought my sister anything like that. Mm. And I have a feeling that she was told that I would end up doing what I'm doing. So that was, that was sort of like my first step into actually going down this route. And I used to muck about with my friends with the tarot cards. And it all got put to one side when I went to college and then got jobs. Mm. Anyway, um, I, I had lots of different jobs over the years, um, from being a care assistant to then becoming a photographer. And when I was um, in the photography role, I actually became head photographer for a portrait company. And I was doing evenings, weekends, bank holidays. I I loved the job, but it just got too much. Mm. And Mm. in the end, I just handed in my notice with nothing to go to. And (laughs) and I kept getting in the back of my head for a little while, I need to go and see a clairvoyant or a medium. Mm. So my friend had given me this woman's number and I phoned her up, booked the appointment. So she, all the information that she had about me was my phone number and my first name. And um, this was before the days of Facebook and all our details being all all over the internet. And so I went along for this appointment and everything that she said was absolutely spot on. She Mm. was bringing through my granddad and my uncle and it was information that she was giving me that there was no way she could possibly know and it was so accurate down to the fact that she said oh your granddad says remember the tin of marbles i was like i had a tin of marbles when i was a kid and it was this round tin and it had princess diane charles on it from their wedding (laughs) (laughs) so i knew exactly what tin she was talking about Mm -hmm. um and we continued the conversation and then she says you could be doing what I'm doing. I was like, "What, really? But how? I don't, I don't quite understand how. I, I haven't got that connection like you have." Mm. She said, "Well, I'd have you sit in my spiritual development group, but you live too far away." And I was like, "I don't mind traveling." That's absolutely-. <laughs> I was getting so excited. She said, "No, you need to find your own group." So mm. I had that in the back of my mind. And then um, she mentioned Reiki. Now, she didn't say that I should learn it, but she mentioned it. And I'd never heard of it before. And I'm sat there thinking, what the hell is this woman talking about? What is this Reiki? So when I left, I thought, right, I need to find a spiritual development group. And let's look up this Reiki so I can understand what she was talking about. And then when I read about Reiki, I was like, oh, my God, people can do that. That is amazing. (laughs) I want to learn that. So um, it was like a a couple of weeks later, and then there was um, a psychic fair going on nearby where I lived. So I went along to this psychic fair and walked in. And the first woman I saw there was advertising that she taught Reiki. Mm. I was like, oh, let's go and have a chat. So she did a quick treatment on me. I sat up and went, I have to learn this. Signed up for a weekend course. And when I went along, it turned out it was just me and one other woman on the course for the whole weekend. Uh So she'd got her friend along for us to practice on. So when it came time, I worked on him. And when I finished, something really strange happened in that he sat up and he said, all I'm getting is the future's bright. I was like, that is a really strange thing to say. Anyway, turns out, he ran a spiritual development group. <laughs> so it was like, as soon as I had made that decision mm. that I wanted to go down that pathway, the right people just appeared in front of me. Yeah, And so I started sitting in a development group. I did all my levels of Reiki. And then I got a job as a pharmacy technician, which I absolutely hated. <laughs> I couldn't stand <laughs> I ended up being there for about seven years Uh, but what that job allowed me to do was it allowed me to develop my skills and I eventually I decided that I was going to start offering healing to the the patients that were coming into the pharmacy because I got to know them so Mm. I can help them out in a different way anyway so we get to 2012 and I'm in this job that I hate my husband and I've moved into the bungalow next door to my parents and nothing had been done to the bungalow that we were living in since 1970 so Mm -hmm. we were renovating it and living in at the same time my mum who was 57 at the time she was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's Mm. and then three months later breast cancer and my husband and I were diagnosed with unexplained infertility. So, I had this going on all at the same time. And I thought I was coping, mm. but actually, in reality, I wasn't at all. And it was my behavior. I was doing stuff that was completely out of character. And it came to a head. I was like, uh oh, hang on a minute. Something's got to change. I can't keep going on like this. Mm. So, I looked at, okay what do I have control over? Well, obviously it was my job. So, okay. What do I want to do instead? Well, one of the reasons I hated my job was my boss was a complete ass. So so I was like, I don't want to be working for anybody else. Yeah. I I want to be running my own business and I love doing the healing work. So that's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. So again, as soon as I made that decision, the right people appeared in front of me. Hmm. So, a business coach suddenly appeared as if by magic, and um, that was late uh, 2013. By that point, and so signed up to work with her, and again everything started to fall into place got into an argument with my boss and said, I wasn't going to hand him my notice just yet, but here you go. <laughs> oh. Amazing. I love a dramatic
0: <laughs> resignation story. I think I probably always wanted one and never done it.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was brilliant. He was just so shocked. He said, so this was like the 13th of November and I'm saying to him, all right, I'm handing in my notice as of the first of January. I'll no longer be working here. And he said, uh, "You've got to give me 30 days' notice." I said, "I'm giving you more than 30 days' notice." <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, "Yes, yes. <laughs> take me out of this place." So, and and I was so relaxed and so calm about everything. So mm. I just knew that as of the 1st of January 2014 my life was going to be so different but I was going to be doing something I love and as soon as that that day hit my business just took off and in the first year um because I did so well my business coach asked me to start coaching her clients wow yeah so it was it was just an amazing amazing journey and and since then the 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 business has changed over the years and of it's course. developed. I've learned more and I've used the work on myself and my clients. So yeah, it's been a very interesting journey. For sure. And I think there's a few things, I mean, I love that. I love
0: hearing people's story, but there's a few things that really kind of stand out for me in that first, you know, you've said it a couple of times about when the magic of the universe or or God or whatever it is, however you describe it, when, when things, when you're doing things that are aligned to your purpose, when you are doing things that are true to who you are, how magical things happen, you know, the right, like you said, the right people come in front of you, things feel easy. And I think, you know, you didn't say it explicitly, but I suppose, you know, you made some hard decisions
1: in there, but they must have felt
0: right.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, they they may have felt a little bit scary, but they were more exciting than scary. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And, and I think it's just knowing that that is the right thing. Something really has to change. And when I make up my mind, it's like literally that's it. I'm doing it. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. It's
0: happening. Yeah. But I think also too, just I guess acknowledging that this time of you stepping into your truth and stepping into true path came off the back of you know really challenging things that Mm. any one of those things happening at one time would be life-changing not necessarily in a positive way or enough to really shake somebody but you know you took those things and turned them into okay well you know and I love what you said because it really resonates with me you know it's what can I control and I don't have control over these other things that have really shaken me and understandably so but i do have control over this and i think that's a really tricky one because i think a lot of people would say the logical advice is wow so if you have so much going on in your life don't make any big changes right now
1: yeah but it, you have to it's yeah I, I feel that these things happen for a reason it's mm. to shake you up and get you onto the right pathway because mm. Again, like 2012, that was a, a mental year for me. Mm. But again, so was 2020. Yeah, and well. not because of COVID. <laughs> but I had more happen in 2020, right. which again shifted my life mm. and changed. So again, it was what do I have control over?
0: Yeah.
1: What can I do that's going to make me feel better? And move me forward because i know that this is holding me back i can't be in this anymore so yes
0: yeah as i often describe it like maybe you don't quite know what but not this and it's that little niggle your intuition that kind of keeps telling you no this is not right this is not right um yeah so i love that so you mentioned you know when you first kind of spoke to that clairvoyant that it was a, a surprise to you that you might have this gift that you have. Um, How did that emerge? Because obviously, you know, you you found your way through, you know, Reiki and, and perhaps other modalities. And we'll talk about Akashi Records in a moment. But how did you really come back to that, really fine tune that? Because I can relate to, for example, being an empath, but I also don't feel that I have Um, the abilities that you have in being more connected to spirit in relation to other people? Like I I now feel like I can receive messages for myself much more clearly, but I don't feel that I have that specific gift. So I would love to know more
1: about how you developed that specifically. So um, from doing the Reiki and just practicing it, I mean, Mm. that it was crazy when I did the level one Reiki because when I was on that workshop, that was the very first time I had ever meditated Mm. and literally the Reiki master was guiding me through this meditation and she said I need you to do this this and this while I do this attunement so I got through the meditation and I got through the meditation way before she thought I would have finished getting through it and it just took me off into all of these other things so for me that was an experience of Oh my god I can see all this stuff I can like this is happening I've never experienced this and when I started doing the healing I could see the colors in my mind mm. and it was so for me I think it was just like oh this comes really easily to me this this is I'll just see what happens I'm just going to experiment with it yeah love and it. so so the way that I learned was by practicing the healing and sitting in the spiritual development group because we um, Laurie who ran the group he he's really brilliant at not telling you well you should be doing this you should be doing that Mm. he lets you develop on your in your own time and in your own space and see what is strongest for you and for me it was always the healing yeah but that then led into other things so the more that I practiced that the more that I became in tune um, and and from day one as soon as I put my hands on somebody I was literally feeling where I needed to go where the energy needed to go so it would be um so like for example working on Laurie it was his knees Mm. and that was the first day I'd ever done healing and I knew that he I had to go to his knees and he'd just had a knee replacement. But I didn't know that. Mm. <laughs> so, mm. it was, so it was well, very, you knew it,
0: but you didn't know
1: it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't know it mentally, but yes. subconsciously. Yeah. 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 So it was just feeling into it, just trusting what I was getting. And, and if I mm. thought it was weird, just say it anyway. Yeah. Just say to that person, well, this this is a bit odd, but do you have a pain in your back like around this sort of area and point to the area and and the number of times it was absolutely spot on or they'd say to me, well, no, I didn't have a pain there, but just before you put your hand there, I did get a sharp pain. Right. Okay. So Mm. by communicating with the person that I was working on, I was getting that, that feedback and, and knowing that I was hitting the mark quite often. So yeah so that that's how i developed it was just through practice and
0: yeah, so lots, of like, uh, lots of meditation lots of meditation <laughs> yeah. so it's it's you know that makes it sound like it's a muscle you yeah. know it's something that the more you use the stronger it gets Definitely. and you know i love i love this conversation i love all this stuff but what do you say to The like there might be some people listening that this feels too woo for want of a better word like it feels (laughs) you know they might be skeptical they might be as one of my recent guests you know woo skeptical or they may be even stronger in that camp what what do you say like do you have a way that you explain this or or do you just have a different view on it and just respect that other people have different
1: views on that so I always respect everyone's views Mm. um but the question that I get asked a lot is because I'm an empath and it's feeling other people's emotions that they're always like, but how, how do you do that? And I'm like, okay, well, I'll I'll tell you how it feels for me. I'll give you an example because you'll be able to understand this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you walk into a room and there are people in there and you haven't been in there for the conversation, but you know, they've had an argument. You can feel that energy that is what it's like for me I pick but I feel it more intensely Mm. so I can feel that energy from those individuals without having even knowing the past history knowing Mm. what's been going on but I can feel that and that's what it's like so Mm. yeah. yeah we all have the ability to pick up on energy yeah we can all read a room we can all pick up on like say things and, and wonder where does that come from mm. we are all connected in some sort of way but unless you are aware that you are connecting and you deve- and you focus on this you don't necessarily recognize that you are being intuitive you are picking up those little senses yeah we can do it
0: yeah, and I love that example because I often think, and I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast before, but I think of the example of um, I had another, another business and it was a co-working and event space that we closed down last year. We didn't survive COVID, unfortunately. But my, I had a business partner in that business and when I could walk into that space and I could tell if someone had been there or not, <laughs> whether or not it was a physical person or a spirit, I'm not sure, but I, I would walk in and I'd be like someone's been in here since we were last year whether it was over the weekend or whatever and you know we had members with keys yeah. and access and that was fine but the way that I look at that is I don't necessarily know it wasn't just the fact that I could feel that there might have been little cues and that's what I love what you say about you know the senses and using the fact that we all have the ability to pick up on energy in different ways I might have subconsciously noticed that something had been moved that yeah. that thing was there yesterday and now it's not there. So therefore, but I can't explain how I knew, but it may be magical and mystical or there may have been other clues that have led me to believe that. And I so I love your example because it's something that I can relate to myself. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's just a little bit of a, a bit of a tangent of where I related to that. So, but let's. I would love. There's so much in there that I want to explore. But as I was saying before we hit record, I love these conversations, and I can go off on too many tangents. So I want to <laughs> come back to what we originally, you know, the purpose of having this conversation, which is to dig a little bit deeper into Akashic records and the work that you do in this space. I'm yeah. um, acknowledging that it is something that I don't know a whole lot about but have played a little bit with and I'm super, super curious. So if we can dive into that, I'd love for you to tell yeah. us a little bit about, I guess, your experience with it, how you came to it and what Akashic, Record, what Akashic Records are
1: is. Okay, yeah. So the Akashic Records are basically, it's people see it as a library. It's, and I think that's the easiest way for our, Sort of like physical, logical, rational experience <laughs> to, to, to understand it. So it's like, so let, let's just say it's a library, and it holds all the information about our individual souls. Okay, so we can tap into that, and we can find out information about ourselves, about our souls, about the, the our personality types, the positive and the negative. We can find out about where like our past lives and what happens when we make choices that are out of alignment with who we really truly are and what behaviors we tend to exhibit. But we can also look at the blocks and restrictions that have been created because we've made choices that are out of alignment. So we can bring in the past life stuff, what our soul wants to experience in this lifetime, what lessons we want to learn, all kinds of different information. Um, and we can we can start to do work on that and clear it and heal it, especially if we've brought through particular patterns. So we may have done tons of healing on ourselves in this lifetime already, but it may have just scratched the surface. But this work goes much, much deeper and it helps you to understand the patterns that we may be brought in through past lifetimes, which for example, um, we can make vows. Okay, so we can do that subconsciously. So like we make a marriage vow, we can always make. We can also make a vow of poverty, mm. which we could have brought through from a la- past life. And so, if we've got a vow of poverty, then it makes it very difficult. So we only ever just earn enough, mm. and it's like that that glass ceiling. It's like we're constantly striving, but we're never getting past it. And it could just be because we had created. Something happened in a past life and we made a vow. I'm not going to be rich. I don't want money. I'm going to stay in poverty.
0: Mm. So it's that, you know, like I think about the work that I do with my clients, like the mindset work um, and, you know, money's a really good one. I love that example because, you know, often we do have this money mindset stuff that we, we've attached from what we've seen in our childhood. But what this is saying is that it may be much deeper than that. It may be something that you've brought with you From a past life, so how are the how are your akashic records accessed, and how is it is it does it have any links to astrology? Because that was just one thing that came up when I think about like our full chart and our north node and all of that sort of stuff. Are there any linkages, or am I like drawing lines between things that don't exist?
1: So they can be connected. So a friend of mine is actually she's she she got me into doing the akashic records so so it's actually the, the system called soul realignment um and she i was her guinea pig when she was learning so and that's what set me on the journey and mm. oh this sounds fascinating i want to learn this um but she's also learning astrology now and she can see how she can connect both things together it so is. you're getting a real in-depth understanding of that individual um, so they do cross over but yeah. not in the sense that you're looking at north nodes or anything like that yes yeah um but with the akashic records the personality helping you understand really who you truly are as a soul your 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 behavior it's it can really help you to then course correct when you do make a choice that's out of alignment or we'll know exactly what is right for you. So having had mine done, my personality type is divine truth. So what I'm doing now is in total alignment with who I am as a soul because I'm helping others understand who they truly are mm-hmm. as a soul. And part of the the personality type as well is that a lot of photographers tend to be divine truth. So I had a job as a photographer so that was in total alignment and that's why I loved that job so much so mm-hmm. it, it really helped me understand my past choices and what I'm really drawn to and what is right for me so yeah it's it it can really help you make brilliant choices in your life yeah so, your
0: so how do you use this with your clients is it sort of part of a ongoing program or do you do one-off readings how does it work?
1: Yeah, so I tend to do two sessions with them mm-hmm. so that they can, because there's so much information that we can get. So the first session that I do with them, we look at their personality, their positive and their negative traits. And also there's a couple of other little bits of information, like how many guides they've got and how connected they are and how, how aligned they are currently are. Um, and then the second session that we do, we look at where they've made negative choices, what blocks and restrictions are going on for them. And within that, we look at the past lives, How we because we need to understand why these blocks and restrictions were created in the first place. Mm-hmm. And it's about taking responsibility. It's acknowledging that that happened on some level, um, taking responsibility for it, and then starting to clear it. So we need to work and clear it on three different levels so we're clearing it in the physical so we need to take different action moving forward we're clearing it on the subconscious level so we're actually going to be doing healing work to clear that and also the spiritual the the whole soul so it works on very many different levels sometimes people will notice a difference straight away other times it takes a few months so for me personally maybe three months down the line I go. Oh, I'm not doing that anymore. Mm. Oh, I didn't realise that, but it's because I acknowledged it first and then made that conscious choice that I was going to change it. Mm. So yeah, so it can lead you into like great aha moments. um So I'll, I'll explain how I use this for yeah, myself. Please, yeah. um, so twenty. <laughs> so this is another story. Um, twenty nineteen November, my mum finally passed away so that was a big relief for mm. us and for her because she'd been yeah. struggling so um so so that was a relief and I'd been grieving for her since the day that we we found out that she had early onset Alzheimer's yeah. so so that was that five months later what we were not expecting and we, actually it's two years to today my dad passed away And it was in his sleep. Nobody was expecting it. I found him, had to try and resuscitate him. So it was like this whole nother experience that I I then started going through. And that then triggered off a whole series of other events. So we decided that we were going to move house because I could no longer live next door to Mm fair enough where my parents had been um I had a major falling out with my sister and we have always been like chalk and cheese Mm -hmm. and I had I had said over the years if we didn't look alike I wouldn't believe that we were sisters Mm. because we were so different anyway this is where I then ended up using the soul the Akashic records because because of this major falling out, I needed to understand, well, what do I need to do? What, how, how do I need to change this situation? Can I change it? Well, what's the right steps? So the things that my sister was coming out with was just totally like random. I was being accused of all kinds of things, like stuff that I hadn't done. Mm. But in her mind, she had made, it, made these stories up and was believing them. So I got my friends to dig into my Akashic records and we looked at past lives and we found out that actually this is the third lifetime that I've had with my sister. Mm. And in every single lifetime, she's tried to manipulate me in some sort of way and bring me down. So by understanding those past lives, I could then make the decision. Do you know what? I'm not letting this happen again. So understanding my personality type, what's the right choices for me? Mm. Well, I don't like drama. I can't, it takes me totally out of alignment. So, okay, I just need to cut her out of my life. Mm. That's it. So I had to limit, put the boundaries in, limit the amount of contact that I had with her. I asked my husband to communicate with her rather than me doing it because it just made it easier. Yeah. and, and that's how we went. And so understanding the things that had gone on, I could also understand why she'd said certain things in this lifetime. Mm. And it connected back. And I was like, oh, my God, that makes total sense. So much sense. Why have I never noticed this before? Mm. And in the second lifetime that I'd had with her, um she actually prevented me from seeing because she created so much drama she prevented me from seeing my parents in that lifetime mm. so it then made total sense as to why i had bought the bungalow right next door next to my door. parents so amazing like, wow this is just totally crazy what i've done that she said this and that makes total sense and I'm, Wow yeah so it's it's really amazing what you can find out from those past lives mm. and patterns that are repeating themselves in yeah. this lifetime and then understanding okay well this is out of alignment I don't want this to keep continuing what do I do that's in alignment with who I am
0: yeah and I think okay. in that instance it, it almost gives you what well, gives you permission to do something that again, is considered out of the norm, you know, like there's these cultural, societal expectations that family over everything and I think the more and more healing work we do, the more and more conversations we have is that that's not necessarily right for everybody. You know, you spoke about boundaries, about, you know, making decisions for us, you know, it's almost like that's given you permission that, you know, maybe you needed that permission because it's it is that thing so outside of the norm.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I mean, the number of times I've had other family members that that haven't really seen us over the years, but they're they're in contact with us and and they find out that we're not communicating. Well, Sophie, you need to make up with your sister. She's She's your sister. sister. (laughs) No, that is not happening. I I am a far happier person Mm. without her in my life. Yeah. You're just going to have to accept that. That's for you to deal with
0: not for me mm. so because as we know that that's bringing up stuff for them that is challenging their own beliefs and and, and that's totally fine but yeah. you know I think there's definitely a lot to be said we we know I think or it's much more accepted now that the stuff that happens in families can be incredibly traumatic right, from yeah. stuff that we take with us through our lives to that doesn't necessarily change as we become adults and have our own lives because there's all sorts of dynamics in play and play different, in different humans, different souls living a completely different experience. So, yeah. you know, I think there's still, we know there's so much caught up in family dynamics. <laughs> and as hard as it is, I can't even imagine what that's like, but as hard as it is to make these types of decisions, I think ultimately it's for the betterment of, yeah. of of you you know you've made a decision that is empowering to you and I don't know if you have a view on this or whether you feel like you know that's forever or you're you're just accepting of the fact
1: that that's how things are now For for me it's it is forever yeah because I I know her so well mm. that I know that she's not going to make any changes mm. um yeah, it would be a really difficult one to come back from. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I think we absolutely should be able to make those decisions. And Definitely. I think, you know, obviously it's not a decision that you made lightly, but good on you for making a decision that's right for you. Yeah. Mm. So I'm getting down into the minutiae and we probably, I need to start moving into wrapping things <laughs> up anyway, but I'm getting down into the minutiae though, but and it's because I'm curious about it. If I were to work with you and come and say, yes, let's do this, I want to dig into my Akashic records, what sort of, you know, how does that process work as in what kind of information do you get from me in order to inform that? How do you access these records?
1: So so what happens is I get four pieces of information from
0: you.
1: Mm -hmm. It's your full name at birth, Mm -hmm. your full name now, your date of birth and your place of birth. Okay. And then what I do is I um sit I go into like a, my own meditation so I prepare it all before we actually have the, the sessions. Yeah. Um and so I link in to the Akashic records and I ask certain questions and get the answers and then collate all of it together mm. ready for when we have our our first session. Yeah. And they're all recorded so that because there is so much information yeah. there, we we don't always remember afterward. Now, what was it that Sophie said? Oh but if I've recorded it for you, you can always go back and listen to it.
0: Yeah. And there's
1: times when we're not, it's like watching a film. There's we we see it once and we go, Oh yeah, that was a great film. I love that film. I'll watch it again. And then we notice something else yeah. within that film. So within our readings, there, there's stuff that we're not always ready to hear right now. Yeah. Maybe at a later date. So yeah. it's yeah. it's just giving us that understanding. Definitely. Beautiful. I love
0: that. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm so, so curious to, to learn more. And um, I mentioned to you before we hit the record button, the only kind of real experience I've had with this is, is through a meditation. So it was a guided visualization meditation to access the Akashic records. And it was trippy it was amazing it was trippy <laughs> so i suppose that's the other piece is that you know maybe you know would you recommend people doing that if they're wanting to
1: have a bit of an experiment a bit of a play before kind of diving in yeah, i mean they, they, they can do um yeah. with the way that i do it because I, I feel that everybody needs to experience what they feel they need to experience so if they yeah. feel they need to, they want to do a meditation they can do a meditation yeah um for me what i find is because going into the akashic records you're going into a much higher vibration Mm. it can be very ungrounding. yeah and you you can't stay there for too long i mean even though i've been doing this work for a while now i still feel ungrounded sometimes and i know that i need i can only stay there for a limited amount of time yeah before I've got to come back really ground myself go for a walk or or something so
0: yes well that yeah. actually links back beautifully to something you were saying before that made me think that you know in this work you must need to be very mindful and very conscious of managing your own energy
1: yes
0: particularly as an empath in that natural kind of ability to take people's on so I'd love to know um, what really briefly, because I'm so mindful yeah. of time because I'm I'm taking yourself on another tangent. But um what you do to manage your energy and that, how you know
1: whether the energy is yours or whether it's somebody else's. So um yeah, so I've had to learn that over the years. Mm. <laughs> but um what I do for myself is I look after my energy first and foremost, as soon mm. as i get out of bed in the mornings, I meditate. That's uh, the best thing that I could possibly do every day it's getting me into the right frame of mind it's getting my energy right for the day and then when I sit down to work with my clients I mean even before we got on this call I went round my entire room my office and I did a a prayer Mm -hmm. which was just asking for protection it's asking that whoever I work with or whoever I'm speaking to they hear what they need to hear or they receive whatever healing it is they need Um, but also that I'm protected from any negative energies and so are they. Mm. Then um, I set the, if I get on a call with a client, I'm setting the intention of what I would like for them. And it doesn't end there because after the sessions, I then have a ritual of Mm. cutting cords to them, um, asking for protection again. And at the end of the day, it's about sealing my energy just protecting my energy a bit more like a bubble of protection making sure that all my chakras are are sealed well not completely closed but yes so that they're just protected yeah so yeah there is a lot that i do Beautiful.
0: <laughs> make- yeah thank you i love i love hearing about um other people's rituals because i think obviously like What I've discovered is that these rituals are practised and experimented over time, and it really is. There is no one-size-fits-all. There's obviously some commonalities that go through people's rituals, but, you know, it's another one of those things, and I think you said it earlier, this beautiful, but life is an experiment. And the more I learn about, you know, this healing journey, this development journey, this deepening spiritual connection, the more I truly believe and embody the fact that we are all on a journey of experimentation. And the more yeah. that we can do that and have fun with it and be curious, that's that's the way to a better life, you know, because yeah, we are, are all so different as humans.
1: Yeah.
0: So, Sophie, I would love to know what it is that truly brings you joy, what really lights you up inside, and it can be work-related or it can be personal or maybe a combination of the both, and when was the last time you did it?
1: Ah, okay so th- there's, there's a few things that light me up So it's like doing what I do the, mm. the work that I do that lights me up But obviously that's not good to be doing that all the time mm. um, Going to concerts, mm. listening to music They are like I get so excited about that And I think that's the vibration of the music That really really lifts me up So this house is always full of music
0: Yeah I love it
1: always um I even made my made a shamanic drum the other oh. week I went to a workshop and made a drum so that's na- now one of my things um, <laughs> my dogs walking my dogs in countryside in mm. nature that brings me joy so that's one thing that I do every single day so so listening to music and walking the dogs oh, no. as well not at the same time <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love it. I love it. And I completely agree. You know, there is something so powerful about music and I think it, you know, comes back to, again, what you said earlier about this connection to our senses, you know, that the things that what music can bring in us, whether it be a calming effect or an uplifting effect. Yeah. It's, just, it's beautiful. So I love that. Um, please tell us where we can get in contact with you if anyone is interested in either getting their Akashic records read or yeah. any of the working with you in any way, tell us a little bit more about that and where we can find you.
1: So um, I offer a 30-minute curiosity call. So it's absolutely free. It's all via Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't matter where you are in the world. We it's the magic of the internet. I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that curiosity call is really about finding out where you're at right now, where you want to get to. And because of the way that I work, I will pick up on stuff and know exactly what kind of program is right for you. So there's no obligation. And if I don't feel I'm the right person to work with you, then I can direct you because I do so much networking. I call myself a networking tart. Um, and <laughs> I connect you with somebody that I think would would be more beneficial. So yeah. yeah. And you can find me at my website, which is SophieWatson.co.uk. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on Facebook which is um, Sophie Watson, Create a Life You Love and also on LinkedIn. So
0: Beautiful. And I will pop all of those details in the show notes as well. Sophie, thank you so much for this beautiful chat. I have thoroughly enjoyed hearing your story and learning more about Akashic Records. So thank you so much. Thank you, Erin and thank you everyone for joining us i hope you have enjoyed this episode as much as we have enjoyed creating it for you please as always share with your networks subscribe give us a rating and don't be afraid to reach out and let us know what you thought about the episode until next time much love